If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 391 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by Graham McDonald as we talk about uh, a very uh, newsworthy week in the world of mixed martial arts, especially Irish mixed martial arts. So we're going to kick it off with that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the the fights coming up next week and we're going to talk about PFL as well at the second half of the show. But before we do all that, we must tell you it's never too early to play holiday music and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts whether it's for a friend or friends in your pants <laughs> you can make it the season to be jolly with manscaped do your little drummer by a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom then add in manscaped's top of the line shower products to have the people thinking all i want for christmas is you actually i have some of them shower products like right inside waiting for me to ever deliver just as i start this so i can't wait to, to open them up and, uh, and get christmas started early santa cares about his sack and you should too look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code severe mma for 20% off it's Black Friday uh, and free shipping as well it's Black Friday weekend uh, as well this weekend so even more and further um, money off uh, around Manscaped and, and uh, Manscaped.com this week so if you head over to the website you should be able to see even more it's absolutely fantastic but as always that uh, Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is now the one stop shop for the man who deserves it all it has everything needed to help you deck the halls from your face to balls in time for mistletoe season uh, the Platinum Package is each product from the best selling Performance Package Plus um, uh, sorry Performance Package Plus Ultra Premium Body Wash Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner and Ultra Premium Deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh um, from your Santa hat to your candy cane. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and Weed Backer Nose and ear, uh, ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, butter waterproof. There's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. Run them under the tap. Very, very handy. Uh, there's also a 4000K LED light, light on it so you can light your way like Rudolph, now that you have groomed your candy can, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with a uh, platinum package of shower products. Uh, all of Manscaped shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop at the shower. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve stank problems all day long. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. And I always say in this, they're my favourite, so I 100% agree with that. Uh, the Plan Factor 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect socking stuffer, add in the brand new body buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes uh, exfoliating easy 
and a lot cleaner than the old loofah. So get 20% off and free shipping to code severemmanscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code severemmanscaped. Get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. Right, Graham? Well, let's get into it. MMA, how are you, Graham? Are you, are you good? Are you enjoying the World Cup? Good, good. I was just going to say, I like the way you, you roll the oar on the Rudolph there. Um, I'd love to be able to to roll the oars like that. I'd probably be an annoying prick for a while who just rolling all the oars. But, uh, oh, Rudolph, why, why? It was a really nice one in the, in the, in the read there. Yeah, go, go on, you try it. Give us a Rudolph. No, no, I can't. No, why, why can't you? Not? Is, this, is this something? I, I refuse, I refuse. <laughs> you refuse, you refuse. I, yeah, exactly. I, I think I have a bit of Spanish in me, to be honest. I like, yeah, it's very good. But uh, speaking of Spain, probably the standout team in the, in the World Cup. I know you, Usually, right, people kill us for talking about soccer. And at the end of the podcast, I think it's okay because, you know, people can tune out and so. But sure, Jesus, the World Cup, I think everyone's talking about it now. We won't go on it for long, but it's been a, it's been a pretty eventful World Cup so far. A lot of shocks and all of that. So it's, yeah, uh, it's been we, good. We, we, we were doing that last man standing World Cup thing and you picked Argentina, didn't you? Then, oh, I did. Um, the biggest shock in World Cup history. I managed to pick the fucking losers, of course. I, I, I was thinking of picking Argentina, but I was like, oh, I'll pick them later in the in the tournament. Now. See, my logic was <laughs> like, um, you. my logic was actually sound in that one, like because I reckon Ar- Argentina are actually not that good. I think they're massively overrated. But I was like, should they have a beat enough to beat Saudi Arabia? I won't want to pick them later in the tournament, so handy out. And then I was. Overall, I was right. You know, I was wrong. My, my my logic was sound. I was wrong. I went out in a pale of glory, but uh, my 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 logic was uh, was straight. Right, we'll move on, Graham. But who, winners, who's going to win the World Cup at this stage? Have, after everyone playing once, what do you think? Brazil. I agree. I was saying that from the start. So we'll we'll see. We'll see now. We'll see how it goes. Right. We'll uh, from the world to Ireland. We'll talk about uh, the, the upcoming Irish scene, I suppose. We've had a very, very interesting week. Um, look, we've spoken about it now in detail. The Cage Warriors Dublin card has been announced for, uh, when is April 27th, I think, isn't it? Um, myself and Ian did a full podcast on that. Maybe we'll briefly touch on it here again, Graham, about some of the fights and things. Uh, if you want to listen to that, it's actually up for free. It's on our Patreon. So, and if you like the Patreon, um, you know, Black Friday weekend as well. No sale because... It's worth the price. It's worth. We're actually giving it away way too fucking cheap. So uh, sign up, and I guarantee you, Lynch, it'll be. If I was you, I would sign up genuinely. So um, yeah, we talked about that there. But then the Bellator card, like almost as myself and Ian stopped recording, was uh, was announced, and it's it's an. Uh, I would say an interesting Bellator card. So here's, I'll just read it out for anyone who hasn't heard it yet. And this is an incomplete card now. So. Um, Peter Queeley, I think, will be on the card. James Galler, who knows? Liam McCourt, who knows? I, I, I would probably say no, but with the two of them, judging by the fact that they're not already on it. And Kieran Clark, I'd say Kieran Clark will probably be on it as well, but who, who knows on, on that one? So here's the card. Topping it, Yaroslav Amasov versus Logan Storley. Uh, for the unification of their welterweight title, obviously uh, a Ukrainian versus an American there. Then we have Pedro Carvalho out of SPG against Jeremy Kennedy. Uh, Sinead Kavanaugh fighting Janae Harding. So those are the three main card fights so far. I'm sure that something will be added on. Uh, some of the others under, I won't read out the, the whole card here, but Carl Moore is fighting Magic Rosansky. Carl Moore ranked number nine now after beating the number six last time out is getting an unranked opponent Brian Moore uh, yeah, a guy who's beaten Will Florido you know yeah. a good friend and house training partner and obviously a good fighter if he's, if he's getting a finish over Will so um, you know uh, arm triangling 
arm triangle choking Will uh, is is not easy. I know Will has improved a lot uh, since 2020, but he's yeah he may not be ranked, but I'd say he'll 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 uh, pose some some problems. But you know, Carmore looked so good the last time after three years off. It'd be it'd be expecting him to look to look good again here. So. Yeah, it may not be the the big name he was looking for. You know, people were talking Yovo Romero and all that stuff, but you know, it doesn't look like an easy guy. Indeed, yeah. I think like so. Some of the other fights, Brian Moore against Luca uh, Ivan. Uh, Brian Moore was calling out Leandro Higo after the last fight. Leandro Higo said yes. Scott Coker said yes, and and this is the fight. Brian Moore buried on the undercard again. Uh, yeah, it's, it's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. Enough. Like uh, so, Richie Smullen and Peter Nijelski, great fight. Really like that. Richie Smullen back in Bellator. Charlie Ward against Mike Shipman, very very good fight. Norbert Navini's back on the card as well. Asela Jew is on the card. So there's you know there are some good fights in the undercard I, look I think the biggest there's, there's two massive issues here right um, the there's main no the, look the, the main event would be fine if they had a really good Irish card underneath it and a, and when I say that like they have they have 35% of a very good Irish card here but they're missing the big parts they're missing a big James Gallagher fight they're missing a big Peter Quayley fight they're missing a big Liam McCourt fight like the Sinead Kavanaugh fight uh, look Sinead Kavanaugh fight there's, there's nothing wrong with it but uh, it felt like Sinead Kavanaugh could have been in a bigger fight the last time she fought she had a massive fight against Liam McCourt and they promised her cyborg and now she's fighting Janae Harding 6-6 six and six, you know which is grand which actually you know if you look at it actually does make sense in matchmaking yeah. I'm not complaining about the that the fact fight, that she's going back from the knee injury it might actually be a good thing for yeah. her to kind of get back in there and knock the rust off and kind it's of a good fight. the knee again and all that stuff yeah it's a good fight but it's and it is, like it is one if there was another two or three fights with it that were really stand out it would we'd have no problem and I actually don't have no problem I have no problem with it the way it is now it just feels like this is a completely incomplete card. Now, it is an incomplete card in a way, but to announce this card uh, as if it's a big thing, I think the negative reaction from the fans just says it everything. And a big factor, too, before we go any further, they switched the date. They switched it from Friday to Saturday without any fanfare. They just announced it with the card. I, I was talking to a couple of people. I know one lad was coming over from Scotland. He had a flight booked. He had the hotel booked. He, you know, he's fucked now. Like, he was coming over for the one day, going back for another day. It's going to put him massively out. You know, myself, I was lucky. I, I got my hotel switched. I actually got an executive suite because they, they upgraded me for free. 10 executive suites. Fair, 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 fair play, editor. Uh, for, for that, I didn't pay for it. So it's it's, it's absolutely great. But, um, and it's not, be- let me just say when I say fair play, editor, it's not better or do that at the fucking Gibson Hotel which I'm paying 417 quid for the, the three days I'm going there the, the, uh, uh, you're, for, you're so. a loyal patron of the old Gibson uh, well I actually left them for the last couple of times <laughs> I came back to them this time but um, yeah and look there are a lot of people in that situation plus the fact it's announced uh, kind of quietly I'm sure like a lot of the uh, let's say the lads in our Patreon group and other people like hardcore who are on Twitter probably saw it change their dates and now the other people who might get an email or see their email during the week or say oh, I'll change it closer today will go to that and the, the hotel is going to be sold out we know how quickly these uh, hotels sell out for that date so that's a big issue as well I, I think I spoke to someone from Bellator about that and they said look we that was a mistake on our part they apologised for that but you know what it is Graham and this is this is this is an official line from Bellator. Well, maybe may official, but uh, it's the darts. It's the darts is the reason why they, they change it. So the darts is on the Wednesday night. Um, 
or the, whatever night the darts is on, but there, there wasn't enough time to load out the darts and load in Bellator to have the fight on the Friday night. So I, I think it's the Thursday night, actually, the darts. Really? Yeah, there wasn't enough time. Like, I've seen them put, turn around that arena really, really quickly but in the past. That, that's surprising. Yeah, so I, I wonder, is it, do you know where the darts have, like, the massive screens all over the place? Because, obviously, a dartboard is very small. And it's very hard to see it. I wonder, is that the reason, maybe? I, I don't know, but it... That's the reason why the card has changed. Well, like there are other, I think Bellator were happy to do it, possibly because they they said, "Look, Saturday is better than a Friday," which I would agree with, you know. But when you announce the Saturday first, if you already announced the Friday, people have made plans for the Friday, and then you switch it. I think that's a big, big issue. Like for, my, I'm thinking of people like myself coming from Limerick, or coming from Kerry, or coming from Galway, or coming from up the north, you know. Uh, like I'm sure a lot of James yeah, well, it's the people. fans who are like you know the hardcores who are getting in there early like getting, yes. their, getting their plans made and they're the ones that you want to kind of make sure are happy you know yeah 100% uh, but back to the card I suppose for a second like Amasal versus Storley you know it's a very good fight I watched the first fight a good few times uh, you know before previewing recent fights and the first fight was very very good now you know Amasal became a champion Storley became the interim champion Amasal has never lost Storley's only loss was to Amasal in that extremely close fight and it's a it's a very 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 good fight and it'd be an even better fight if James Gallagher versus Brett Johns was the co-main event and if Peter Queeley versus I don't know Kane Musa was on the card as well and uh, it, it, we all, it was built up to it and if Brian Moore had the right matchmaking and if Carl Moore had the right matchmaking now it's kind of standing alone as the main event and you're not even kind of thinking of it as an added bonus like Yoel against Manhoof was the perfect added bonus the last time to a very very good card and everyone absolutely loved it um, and like this is the sort of one I know someone said it to me the other day it's like well at least we'll be able to get out of there early because there'll be no one wanting to, to stay around to interview the main event winner which is it's a weird thing like the Irish MMA scene is weird and I, I've said this myself and I know you know I, I, I wonder would you agree Graham I know a few other people agree with me as well Bellator really really need to take care of the Irish MMA scene right because Irish MMA is their big cash cow and not only their big cash cow it's their most important thing it's what people want to see it's what they stand out for worldwide uh, at the moment because you look at Bellator and they have some great young fighters and there's some great things but like they're struggling to get people to actually tune into their shows they're struggling like you hear people all the time oh Bellator have a fight this weekend why didn't they promote it but when it's a Dublin card and you know we obviously have a bit of bias towards that in terms of it's going to be bigger for us anyway but you see Ariel tweeting about it you see Luke Thomas tweeting about the Dublin crowd you see the, the big people online talking about it which you probably wouldn't see massively for the other cards from maybe you know the prelims up you might see it for the main event, you might see it if there's a you know a big MVP fighter or whatever. And I put the Dublin cards are different. I think everyone would probably acknowledge that. And to not take the care over this card the way it is now, I'm sure it'll improve it, and I'm sure it'll be a better card by the time February comes around. But the two mores is the biggest problem here, without a shadow of a doubt. If you'd given the two of them their proper matchmaking, this card wouldn't look half as bad as it does. Let's say we had Carl Moore, who beat number six the last time uh, in the rankings, fought number five, right? Julius Angliscus. Not a big move up. He beat number six. To have him fight number five makes a ton of sense, right? You win that fight, and then you're, you're talking about fighting the winner of Yoel Romero versus Vadim Nimkov in Dublin next September. The two of them lads are fighting here in 
the new year. Makes like it makes a ton of sense. You push Carl Moore into being a guy he is ranked, you push him further up the ranks with good matchmaking, and then you have him in a spot where all the other lads above him at that stage have already got shots and have already been there, and he's the next logical guy. Whereas now you're giving him an unranked guy who's a very, very, very tough test. Very tough test. We've seen, you know, we've all seen the, the, the Will Flory fight. He's a very, very good fighter. He, like, he could lose that fight. He could, he could absolutely lose the fight. And for what? It, it just reminds me of the Nijelski versus Carvalho fight. Nijelski, a very, very good fighter as well. But they put him Carvalho in with him after he just beat Daniel Weichel, after he climbed up the ranks. Makes no sense. Brian Moore goes out there. He puts on a show every time. He wins his last fight. As as I said, uh, the Higo fight was agreed. Everyone agreed to it. Moore agreed to it. Uh, Higo agreed to it. Scott Coker agreed to it after that. Just get it done. And now he's fighting Luca Vine. Like, what? Well, how many times make? with Brian Moore alone and with all of these guys have we said this? Like, you know, Pedro is on the card as well. You mentioned there's a lot of strange matchmaking where it seems that there's no real foresight or thought going into it. It's just thrown together and even when it seems to make perfect sense like you said there with Brian Moore people are, like everybody seems to be agreed everybody wants to see the fight and it just doesn't happen and it's really it's really strange like you know looking at the car there is some good fighters on the car like you know uh, if you had said like our oh, Brian Moore, Carl Moore, Kenny, Asayil, Sinead, Pedro are all going to be on the card and you said, oh, maybe James might be or might not be, or Queeley might or might, might not be. You'd probably say, oh, yeah, that sounds, that, sounds, that sounds great. But then when you look at the matchups, as you said, it just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense at all. And um, Irish fans are like a bit more tuned in than maybe, you know, if they go to, to Italy or if they go to, I don't know, maybe I'm singling out Italy there, but the Irish fans are, are tuned in anyway. And they know, you know, these guys and they know a, a good matchup when they see one and, they know what kind of random matchup when they see one and you know it'll probably be a big crowd here but I don't know if as the card stands unless they add as you said it's an unfinished card unless they add some you know uh, big fights or some uh, entertaining uh, on paper fights uh, involving Irish guys it doesn't look like it looks like a kind of step down from what we're used to and you know um, cage warriors are coming soon as well and you know you'd think Bellator would want to kind of stamp their stamp their authority on the situation in Ireland but Maybe this is a bit of a slip if if the card continue if the card doesn't improve. I think uh, and hello, doggy. I think uh, I don't think Bellator see it that way. I, I was speaking to someone from Bellator. They see this as a good card, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's fair enough. Maybe it'll become a good card. If I was Graham Boylan and I saw this card announced. Uh, G-R-A-H-M uh, and <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's fucking your fault you got you got me in trouble with Graham Bylan even on the Instagram on Spirit Mage Instagram yeah. there's a screenshot of your of your tweet <laughs> at, the, at the wrong spelling yeah. fuck's sake oh uh, fuck's sake why can't you just fucking spell your names correctly which I, I'd say your way is the correct way I think it's not though actually no his way is the correct way I think I'll go with that anyway this is more Graham than I'm a Graham I don't know it has a hate, yours, no hate sound in my name yours is Graham Grammy, you know, Grammy, Grammy, Grammy. Yeah. Anyway, if I was uh, if I was Mister Bylan from the Cork, I would have uh, I, I would have released the Bella or the, the Cage Warriors tickets sight unseen, no card the second they released this, because all the reaction was. Oh well, I'll just wait for I'll go to Cage Warriors. You know, every like I saw so many people. It was either giving out the uh, day. People say changed. that though, like you know, but will they? Oh will no, they I, probably I think, just go to boats. You know, these are hardcore mm, fans. A lot of a lot of like. Oh yeah, if you're a, a lot of the hardcore fans, absolutely, they will go to boat, abs- without a shadow of a doubt. But it, 
it, Christmas is coming up As Ian said to me On the pre on the show we did The Cage Warrior show Times are tough as well You know people can't afford Like if you're thinking about it It's 206 euro For one night in the Gibson If you're going to stay there Go to the fights It's another 100 euro For a ticket If you're getting the train up It's another 30, 20 quid Or whatever it might be Another 100 quid for Or more probably For drinks in the night uh, And uh, you know a, a bag of coke probably <laughs> If you're an MMA fan, go to fucking <laughs> how much is that, Graham? I don't know how much that'd be, but uh, yeah, do you know, it's it's fucking it adds up. You're talking you're talking five six hundred euro like for for one night to do that two nights in a row. Sounds like a pretty good night, though. Sounds like a great night. Sounds like a great night. But yeah, I, like I think this has been a massive, massive elixir for Cage Warriors. And as I said... Do, I, do you think Cage Warriors will go with the, the kind of half Bama uh, setup? Where, I don't know. Arena, or do you think they should go with the... Like, if you were making the decision this far out, where would you be leaning? Well, I would go half and see how the ticket sales go. Uh, but I, I, I would... I would uh, and I'm interested to see what you think here I, I think Graham Bynell won't do that I think he'll go full I don't think he'd want to give it to Bellator to say you know oh, we're only going, we're only doing half the stadium that Bellator doing like if you look at the yeah. Bellator sales even the if moment, they did slightly cheaper tickets and yeah. sold the full arena I think that would be the route to go makes a lot of sense yeah I, I don't know to be honest if I was doing it I, uh, like there's two ways of looking at this right they start running like anti like you know in, in America they run like yeah. anti yeah. politician <laughs> Every every UFC they should be running like Bellator stinks. Bellator said this. Do you know Tesco? cheaper. Tesco have this thing where it's like oh ten cent cheaper than Aldi or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, different that. Like did they do that in pro wrestling where they're like slagging each other off on the podcast and stuff? They should get that stuff going. Bring a bit of heat to the situation. That'd be fun. It's funny because we talked about. I remember asking James Gallagher about this before, but. It was more, you know, the UFC uh, and Bellator. But you know, there was talks of the UFC coming back that time. Now, like it's Bellator PFL could be coming as well. It'd be interesting to see if they do an Irish card. It's it's very very interesting times. Speaking of the the Cage Warriors card, though, like it's it's very interesting what we see from it. Myself and Ian did uh, our kind of dream card, I suppose. There, but the the two biggest questions about this card are: Is Paul Hughes going to be on the card? Is Reese McKee going to be on the card? What what was your initial Thoughts be Graham Obviously both linked With the UFC I suppose Especially Paul Hughes uh, Considering the, the massive win He just had I know recently He had a massive win as well But he already I suppose Had the shot in the UFC And might yeah. take a little bit Further to get back Well Reese kind of said uh, He did an interview there With uh, Ian on Severe And he said He's kind of preparing As if he's uh, Going to be fighting But he's also Kind of staying ready In cases to pull out In the UFC And jump in there He seems to Think that that's a That's an ongoing possibility So his kind of situation Is up in the air And with Paul Hughes It's up in the air too uh, You know In the past maybe I, I, I think Cage Warriors Have announced uh, Fights in kind of uncertainty I think they announced uh, McGregor and Jim Aylers Even though it was like Heavily rumoured And that he was going To the UFC So they They might They might announce Paul Hughes Um for a card, for the card, but w- will he end up on the card? It's really hard to know with the UFC. Like you think after a performance like that in his last fight against uh, Vucinic, such a uh, you know high level guy that the UFC would be looking to take him on. But you know, sometimes you, you, the UFC will make you wait. Sometimes they're not not in a hurry to sign you, and that could happen as well. So yeah, both guys are up in the air. You know, it could go either way with both guys. I'd say. Reese is probably slightly more likely to be on the card 
but yeah, it could end up with, with both guys on the card. And if it is both guys on the card, then I think they can definitely do a uh, a full arena. Yeah, um, yeah, I would agree with that. I think of both of them. Like you looked at the, the card the last time, and there was a you know the one that was on in uh, in the UK, and there was a lot of Irish talent on it. And I remember thinking, it's like Jesus. This, this card could do well in Ireland This card could sell in Ireland And now that's easy to, to say on Twitter and, and a little bit harder to do in reality I suppose But if you got Like if you got I like the idea of Paul Hughes going up Fighting for the second title uh, At Lightweight um, And you know we obviously talked about this briefly last week So we won't, we won't go into it a lot And we did another podcast with it But if that was the case You know the double champion As well the part, A big part of this Which you mentioned before They're going to have to pay him a little bit more You know uh, Especially if you're fighting in a big arena If you're you know, keeping someone from going to the UFC, you're going to have to pay him a little bit more. Look, if Paul Hughes gets that call to the UFC, he's going. Well, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's the case. I'll be keeping him. I think he'll he'll only fight if the UFC don't come to sign him. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. So it's very, very interesting. Even if you know Hughes isn't on the card, you're going to have Reese versus Wallhead. Uh, I would say Kaelin Ockerin's going to be fighting um, uh, against Michelle Martignoni for the bantamweight title. What, just, what you reckon about Joe? Joe, like you know, yeah. Joe McGoggin, uh, you know, he's in semi-retirement. It sounds. Yeah, he is. I was talking to him the other day, and I was, I was trying to, I was like. So the, the lightweight title fight was on. I was like, "Oh, do you fancy one of these boys in in Dublin?" And he basically said, "Not if they paid me a million pounds." <laughs> I don't think Joe will be coming back. To be honest, I think Joe. I think Joe's retired. If I'm being honest, but uh, every man retirements, you never know. Come here to me, actually. Yeah. Man. Just, just <laughs> as we're about to, just as we're about to record here, it's been announced that uh, Modestus Bukowskis is fighting on the New Year's Eve show for the light heavyweight title. I wonder would there be a. And one half of Team KF maybe thinking about coming out of. Uh, I don't even think he's retired, but fighting Mazesis Pekowskis in Ireland for the light heavyweight title. Yeah, you know, it could be tempting for a few guys like Chris Fields. You know, he's never officially retired either. These guys are kind of reluctant to officially retire, which is probably good because we just slag the shit out of them on the podcast. Yes, uh, <laughs> so they're probably, maybe that's why they're wary to come out and, uh, you know, get made fun of and then end up coming back. So. Yeah, he he's hinted at wanting another one if it was uh, the right the right fight and the the right time and you know he does have he's probably planning on having a lot of his own fighters on the card and maybe that would take away from both or either whichever one he kind of it would definitely take away from both in fact uh, you know you can't be training the way you should for a fight and coaching several fighters on a card so maybe that would be a problem that would prevent him from from doing it but you know, uh, fighting the three arena uh, in front of a home crowd could be could be the lure that gets him out of retirement. But yeah. if I had to bet on, I'd say probably the fact that yeah, he's likely to have fighters on the card would would probably make it unlikely. Yeah, indeed. But it's very interesting. Obviously, we'll talk about that a lot more uh, as the time comes. But you know, I think if tickets are put on sale now, if you announced the Reese McKee versus Jimmy Wallhead fight, you announced Kayla Nockin versus Martignoni, and then fill the rest of the card. Obviously, there's a lot of time to go before now and then. There's probably some of those undercard fighters will be looking for another fight before before then. Um, but I think if you announce that right now. Before Christmas, when people are buying stuff for Christmas, I, I like I genuinely think that you will get a lot of people who are deciding between Bellator and Cage Warriors, and I think a lot of people would go for Cage Warriors the way it is right now. Like, and that's a precarious position because if imagine if you know Bellator and take, take the mystery take the mystery box of Cage Warriors over this card. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> and it, it, yeah, that won't last for long because if they announce Gallagher, if they announce uh, Queeley or whatever, it could change very very quickly, and everyone could be. 
talking about this is a very good card. Which, and you know, it could be, but I, you know, and and in you know, if there's some disappointment on the cage warriors card, like we're hoping for a lot now, and we built it up, and it, all the cards are usually not like that. So look, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes anyway. So now I'm going to take the opposite approach, cuddle him, look after him, whisper sweet nothings, tell him it's going to be alright, it will be over quick, and hopefully get him, get him into that octagon. How can a fat guy be so skinny at the same time? His chin, his chin is deteriorating. Every single contest he gets in, he hits one knee. He does a gust of wind and he does the chicken dance. Take, take a coffee break, <laughs> mate. And by coffee break, I mean bring me my oh. coffee. No. Otario, Otario. Otario, Otario. <laughs> no, that means pussy. <laughs> I should have just pulled my knee from my leg and hit him with it. This solid gold pocket watch, three people died making this watch, you know what I mean? Use a doing this, you know, use a, use a severe MMA, severe MMA, use a leading the way of Irish uh, MMA media, you know what I mean? So you should start acting like you're leading the way, you know what I mean? I lead the way in combat. I rock a suit, look well, you know what I mean? And you should do the same. Let's look ahead to uh, some of next week's um, fights before we uh, we turn back to the PFL and uh, and have a chat about that. Um, my guy Wonderboy is fighting in the UFC, fighting against Kevin Holland. Um, it this is he's an underdog against Kevin Holland. What yeah. do you think about that as uh, a Wonderboy stand? I think look as a Wonderboy stand, obviously you know I ride a Wonderboy forever. But as someone just analyzing the fight, I think that's crazy. What do you think? I I, I couldn't believe that. Like even Wonderboy yeah. now, I think he's better than Kevin Holland. You know, Kevin Holland is. <sighs> He may be like an exciting fighter that people seem to get behind a few fights ago, but if you look at his record, it's very up and down and kind of mostly down recently. You know, Wonderboy, obviously, he's nearly 40 years old or maybe even is 40 years old at this stage, but the guys he's been losing to are a lot higher level and he still, you know, went to decision with nearly all of them, you know, uh, obviously got knocked out by Anthony Pettis in, in the fight he was winning by a Superman punch, but that's MMA, you know, things like that can happen. And I don't think he's fallen off a cliff enough. He's definitely not as fast and sharp as he is. And that's part of his, uh, a big part of his game that he, that he's used to, to, you know, to his own benefit over the years. But I don't think he's lost enough of a step to be an underdog here. I'd have him as a big favorite. I'll definitely be betting on on Wonderboy here. Like he's so hard to get in on. He's a way better striker than Kevin Holland. I don't see Kevin Holland really doing much to Wonderboy here. I, like looking at those odds, I don't know how they come. Like they, they they must be just thinking, you know, thirty nine, forty years old. He's over the hill. But if you look at like where Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad are, you know, losing the decision to them is isn't is no is no shame and. Uh, this is a step down, in my opinion, to Ke- to Kevin Holland, and I expect Wonderboy to have enough to win a handy decision here, or to even put him away. I'm look. I'm glad you saved me from saying it. To be honest, <laughs> because it, it looked biased if I said it, but I I agree. You know, like age will catch up with everybody, but I don't yeah. think we've seen enough signs from Wonderboy. You know, it's been some close decisions, and obviously an upset loss to to Pettis, and you know that Darren Till decision was a bit was a bit mad. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe they're looking at his record and his, his recent record and his age, but 
you know, from what I've seen, I, I haven't seen such a such a slowdown. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something here, but those odds look crazy to me. I, I, I agree. I don't think he's as, you know, what he once was. I don't think he's as fast as he once was. But I also think, like, Kevin Holland was a guy who came through, and myself and a lot of people thought he was going to be a guy. He was going to be the next guy, and then he showed massive issues in his game. And, uh, I, I like... I think he has kind of improved again from that point, but I still like don't think that he is uh, the fighter that everyone maybe thought he was before. And he's like so shown so many issues in his game that like to go in there with someone like Wonderboy, who has shown very few issues in his game throughout the years, is it's kind of ludicrous to have Kevin Holland as the favorite. It's it's only age. I think it is only age, and you know maybe that's a fair thing, and maybe Kevin Holland will win because Wonderboy will be even slower now than he was the last time, and this will be the fight where. He looks very, very bad. And look, I could see that happening, but you, I don't think you can bet on that. And I, I think if we're analysing this fight, I think Wonderboy is a better striker. He's a better guy at controlling the fight. And we've seen with Kevin Holland, he's big. And when I say controlling the fight, controlling the fight on the feet, we've seen with Kevin Holland, his biggest issue has been against guys who can take away the control of the fight from him. And uh, yeah, I think it's... I th- it will be an interesting fight. I think it'll be a good fight. I think... Kevin Holland needs to not get caught up in his own head in this fight because he, if he does against Wonderboy, he'll just be picked apart for five rounds easily. So I'm looking forward to seeing it, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Overall, this card is actually like really good. If I'm being honest, it's it, uh, you usually I come in here for a fight and I card I'm like ah you know it's kind of shit, but this is good. Rafael Dosanjes versus Brian Barberina that has fucking war written all over it. Yeah. You would fancy Dosanjes to win it. I it think should be should be a, fighter, it should be a good fight while well, it lasts. But yes. uh, you know I think. I think half of Aldesania should have more than enough here. Yeah. Next fight, Graham. Matthias Nicolau against. Ooh, Matt Snell. Can't you smell Matt Snell? Yeah, you know, for Matt Snell, it's an, you know, does he, you know, this is kind of make or break. Does he deserve to to stick around in the UFC? You know, ah, Jesse win last time. To be fair, now I'm looking at the other way. Like if he wins this, he could be on the route to a title. You know? You think so? Ah, uh, maybe I not. Don't see that at all, man. I don't see I, that I at like, all. I like Matt. You know, I like Matt Snell as well. But yeah, yeah, I think he needs he needs to get going uh, in the UFC. We've seen we've seen guys kind of you know he's two he's one and two in his last uh, three. So I think it is kind of important for him to get the win here if he wants to stick around. But I think this is this is another you know good matchup for him. Yeah, yeah. Some you know, Tim Elliott, yeah. Manuel Cape, yeah, David, yeah, like this is a really difficult matchup. I think. Um, hopefully, Matt Snell sticks around so we can keep <laughs> we can keep this song. Up, <laughs> this song up. This he needs to walk in to to Leonard Skinner. That smell, yes. uh, just to. Just to prove to everybody that he's actually our, our biggest podcast oh, fan. Yeah, he follows me on Twitter, like so. You he's never I, pissed, I, up, pissed off now that I said uh, he needs to he needs yeah. to win here if he wants to stick around. But yeah, he should have said. Oh, but I, I, I think I think the fighters know that. Like you know, when you're when you've lost two of your last three, you know how important it is, and that can add a little bit of pressure, but it can also kind of focus you. And you know, it would be a big win if he gets it here. And I probably pick against him, but yeah. It's it's a difficult one. Very very much so. Uh, Sergey Pavlovich against Taito Ivasa at heavyweight. Then that's that's a very very good fight. You fancy Pavlovich to win there? He's just a, such a strong wrestler and all. We know Tuivasa has showed big improvements. Yeah. But wrestling, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, every round starts on the feet, and he does, does have huge power. And he like, you know, he's 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 confident in his striking. But yeah, I think with the correct game plan and being able to implement it, which he should be able to do, then you know. 
it should be it should be a long night for Taito Vasi, but we know we've seen it. We've seen it before, and we'll, we'll probably see it again at heavyweight. It just takes it takes one punch, not even a, a fully clean punch to to change these fights. So and yeah, Taito can do that too. Like he hits hard. Yeah, we've proven that's yeah. kind of his game, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Why I would favor Pavlovich in that one, but uh, Roma Delidze again, eleven and one against Jack Hermanson. That's a very very fun fight. I always love seeing Jack Hermanson fight. Um, another middleweight fight: Eric Anders versus Kyle Dawkins, and we've Nico Price back against uh, Philip Bro, Emily Ducat. He'll probably win 30-27 against Angela Hill and he'll cry about the judges. Clay Guida against uh, Scott Holtzman. Michael Johnson against Mark Jacasey. What a fucking fight. This is a great card. Darren Elkins against Jonathan Pierce. Tracy Cortez against Amanda Hebas. Is this is there's like 50 fights in this. There's 15 fights. This is actually a really, 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 really good card. So you know, we don't often say anything about your CDs, days. We've skipped a few cards recently and all, but actually, do you know, I, won't, I actually won't be able to watch this card because uh, I'm at a wedding for the whole for, for the whole weekend. Oh, yeah, next week's, uh, is it next week? It is next week's podcast. It'll be out Monday, probably, because I'm uh, I'm away. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pop back and I'll watch what I can of this. But, uh, Graham, this one is this one's down to you. You'll have to do all the, uh, the, the post-fight analysis of this one. But, look, I'm looking forward to it anyway. It should be fun. Um... Next week as well, we have there's two one championship cards which are very very good. Uh, Rene de Ritter is back. He's fighting Anatoly Malyakin, but undefeated. De Ritter sixteen and all. Malyakin uh, eleven and all. Very very interesting fight that one. And in Roberto Saldich Graham uh, one championship fighting uh, Murad Ramazanov. What's your level of anticipation for uh, for Saldich? I suppose like I, I'm covering a lot of the one championship now, so maybe I'm maybe bigger into it than, than a lot of people at the moment. But for you. As uh, as someone who's uh, maybe a casual one championship viewer, you looking forward to seeing Saldich out there? Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. The excitement level is very high, but you know anybody who's beaten Materla, Halidov, you know people like that. Uh, yeah, he's definitely legit, and you know maybe it's a maybe it's the thing with the time and the kind of lack of promotion over here or something that hasn't really hooked me into these one these one FC cards uh, regularly. It seems to be just the odd event that kind of has me has me interested, but you know I don't know too much about his opponent. But if you look at his record. He's he's got some good wins in 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 one FC and he's very good. I I know a good bit about him. Yeah, it's definitely a step up in competition for him. And you know, I probably like as a kind of casual of, of Saldich, expect him to win this. But uh, you know, when you go up against an undefeated guy, there's that level of confidence as well. But in terms of excitement levels, I I, I don't know. I, I find it hard to to get motivated for these most of these one uh, FC cards. Yeah, uh, maybe it's the, the mix of grappling and Muay Thai. And stuff I actually really like that, in, in my opinion. Yeah, from Muay Thai. I think when you sit down and watch the cards, I would have agreed with you six months ago. When you actually sit down and watch the cards, it is, it's actually like very, very interesting. Someone in Muay Thai fights with the four ounce gloves in a cage are fucking brilliant, to be honest. And they, do you know what the thing about them as well? They go very quickly. They're only nine minutes long, like you know. So they actually it moves along very, very quickly, and I, I enjoy it to be honest. A lot of the grappling ends very quickly as well. I think there was one recently it was funny. 42 seconds or something so but anyway this Ramazanov people don't know him so 11 and 0 last time out he beat Sebastian Kadistan who's the two time one championship uh, champion a very very powerful striker but a, a brilliant wrestler and uh, he'd be a test definitely a test for for, uh, for Saldic but I, I fancy him to win um, anyway elsewhere on the cards um 
Edward Fialang, who we know for Eddie Alvarez, he's back against Edson Marquez. Uh, Dyson Park is fighting Leone. Uh, Lone Tynanis, the greatest nickname in MMA, Graham. Lone Tynanis. His nickname is Lone Tynanosaurus Rex. What a fucking, what a great nickname. Uh, Lena Quinn is on this card as well. I like her. She's very, very good. She's fighting Denise uh, Zamboanga. And in the other one championship card, uh, the, the best fighter in the world at 115 pounds will be decided. Graham Jared Brooks is taking on Joshua Pascio. Uh, should be a very, very good fight. Your guy Brandon Vera is back. He looks so slow on recent fights. He's fighting Amir Ali Akbari, who's also very big and very very slow. Jehe uh, uh, Estukio is fighting Yan Hung, and there's a few other good fights uh, on the card as well. But I, I, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but as yeah. kind of the one expert, uh, <laughs> do you know like this Amazon Prime deal? Is it a worldwide thing? No, just like- just America and Canada. Ah, uh, yeah. So. Uh, uh, if you've NordVPN, Graham, you can go to uh, the UK and it's on YouTube for everyone for free. So uh, you can watch all the, these cards there. I think uh, uh, you can also buy them if you're in Ireland on the One Championship website. But if you have a, you know, if you have a VPN, you can go to the UK and, and they're all for and free. And if it, if it is successful on, on Prime Video, in, you know, in North America, you could see it. You know, Prime are making a, Make a lot of Amazon are making a move to kind of bring live sports in these other the rugby internationals there. Uh, live on, on Amazon Lots and things like tennis. that. So, yeah, yeah that, that could be a huge move for them. You know, if they were on Amazon they'd, worldwide and, you know, UK and Ireland, Europe, North America, Asia, that, w- that would be that would be a really big thing for them. And I really do. Them- and there's a big difference between that as well. And like, let's say PFL going on the zone. Like, I don't have the zone right now. I'm sure you don't have the zone. A lot of people don't. But like, even on like your Skybox or your, your, your PlayStation or your Xbox, yeah, that's you have it. like an app. Yeah, you never. Just download, there it is. I'll say a lot of people, like, especially now in Ireland as well, Amazon Prime, you know, they opened the thing in Dublin. So a lot of people will be signing up for Amazon Prime. And, you know, you get a one championship card with it. It comes on a Friday morning or a Saturday morning or whatever it might be. You throw it on and you get it. the benefits of Prime, like, you know, that are nothing to do with the, the Prime video, you know, the yeah, one day delivery. delivery and all. It's, like, that, yeah. it's a pretty good deal if you're into MMA. And if they did have one FC and they do have, like, you know, rugby and live soccer, they, they, they had recently as well. So, yeah, they're making moves and, you know, one FC could kind of come in from the wilderness if, <laughs> in a way if, if that deal turns into a worldwide deal 100% yeah and uh, to have Rogue Rogue as well he's uh, he's fighting against uh, Zashur Mizma Magedov who is absolutely useless who he's uh, he's going to destroy so looking forward to uh, to seeing that and yeah that's all the uh, the big MMA for next week but uh, let's uh, let's talk about PFL alright everyone so the plan was to uh Get up Saturday, talk about the PFL, maybe watch it Saturday morning. I decided to stay up as a, you know, glutton for punishment. I uh, watched uh, the PFL and uh, I had to, I had to come on. I, I'm here at, what time is it? Half five in the morning. I'm solo. Graham's gone. Uh, I had to come on and talk about this. I want to get the podcast out first thing uh, in the morning for all the Patreon uh, subscribers and, and uh, a little bit later for everyone else. But uh, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. Shock of the year. Upset of the year, one of the, the biggest upsets in the history of, of mixed martial arts, you would say, as Larissa Pacheco had already lost to Kella Harrison uh, twice by unanimous decision. I think lost all ten rounds they fought against each other. Goes out and beats Kella Harrison on a, a, you know an altogether mad night in the world of, of BFL and mixed martial arts. A very very good card. And uh, you know what? The top two were very good anyway. There were some other very good fights, and we will we, we'll get through it. But 
the Harrison Pacheco fight was was just incredible. It was an incredible thing to watch. Um, if you haven't seen the fight, it's definitely worth going back watching a really really good fight. Um, and Pacheco ends up the winner. And there's so many things going. Do you know what? I'm sure many people actually didn't stay up on on Friday night to watch it. So I'll run you through the the fight itself first, and maybe then we can. Um, I'll talk more about the context and all of that. So, it, it, look, it, the first round started and Kelly Harrison got a takedown. And I was thinking to myself, and, and I actually kind of said it out loud in my brain, if you want to put it that way, uh, that, uh, oh no, here we go. Here's Kelly Harrison being, uh, uh, you know, dominant in another fight, you know? And... That quickly, quickly, quickly changed. <laughs> I, know, I jokingly tweeted after the first round, Pacheco has her where I want or where she wants her. And it turned out uh, I was right. Now, the first round, Harrison took her down. She was able to do very, very well on top and all of that. The second round is where it really, really got going. Now, in the first round, Pacheco was fighting. She didn't give up. Harrison wasn't near getting a finish or anything like that. But in the second round, there was... Um, uh, now, I, I, do you know what? I kind of lost my head in the middle of this fight and stopped taking notes. So this is by memory of me just watching a second ago. So the second round was around, I'm, I'm pretty sure, where uh, Pacheco caught uh, Kelly Harrison in a triangle for a long period uh, of the round. Uh, and it was a close round, but I think that triangle uh, probably did enough. But um, there was a first, maybe it was a third round actually, but it doesn't matter. But for the, the second and third rounds especially, it turned from something where Pacheco was doing well to keep Harrison from finishing her to something where she was actually working at keeping Harrison off of her. Which is a massive, massive, massive thing when you think about Kelly Harrison. I'm, I'm sure everyone's seen Kelly Harrison, but if you don't know Kelly Harrison, a judo um, gold medalist in the Olympics, really, really good throws and takedowns, and really good on top, really strong, so much bigger than and stronger than all of her opponents. But there was a point in this fight in the second and third round, or, or a long period maybe of the fight, rather than just a, a single point, where actually Harrison was no longer able to bully Pacheco. And then by the time the fourth and fifth rounds came, and especially the fifth round, it was actually Pacheco that was taking the initiative. It wasn't just Pacheco fighting her off, winning big moments, winning big uh, you know, parts of the fight. Kayla Harrison had kind of given up on her ability to, to bully the fight. There was at one stage in the second round as well uh, where... Um, Pacheco kicked the calf of Harrison. I think it was at the very start of the second round. And then she kicked her, I think, twice more in that second round. And I was thinking after that, keep kicking that calf. Pacheco, I was talking to, to Ian about it. She, like, she, uh, she could have thrown away this fight. She really, really could have thrown away this fight because she kept kicking the body and kept getting taken down. But as I said, when she did get taken down, uh, uh, Harrison wasn't able to actually bully her there. She was Pacheco was pushing her off. Okay, she might spend forty five seconds or even you know a minute and a half or something like that on top, not taking too much damage or anything like that, and then landing just. She was, there was even one stage where she was mounted, and she started throwing hammer fists at Kel Harrison, actually hurting her with mounted hammer fists. You know, um, 
so the third round was the one I'm just looking at my notes here the third round was around where the triangle was uh, in my opinion the, the effective grappling outweighed the effective striking uh, I had it 2-1 to, to Pacheco at that stage it could have been 2-1 to Harrison the second round uh, was uh, was definitely Pacheco's round uh, not definitely Pacheco's round but a, a closer round as well um, I, I just thought that fourth round and especially the fifth round like I, I, so I had a 2-1 Pacheco uh, going in t- uh, after uh, after three, and then after four, I gave the fourth round to Harrison. But you really could have given the fourth round to Pacheco, and I haven't seen the uh, the, the judges' cards yet. I, I think, you know, those third and fourth rounds, they could have both gone to Pacheco. Really. Now, they could have gone to Harrison as well, you know? They could have gone to Harrison. It could have been, uh, you know, uh, three rounds to, to Harrison. Absolutely could be. But I think the right person definitely won this fight because the fifth round only one winner that round only one winner of that round um uh, harrison tried to take pacheco down held on to a leg and it must have been 10 to 15 hammer more i I would say 15 to 20 hammer fists from pacheco where harrison was just holding the leg she was just hugging the leg she was just trying to hold on and get it get at that desperation takedown and she could not get it she couldn't get it she did get a takedown later on in the round then but the shots in the bottom from pacheco were way way better kayla harrison looked so tired she looked dejected she looked beaten in that fifth round she really did look beaten in that fifth round and all of the work all of the punches were so much better from pacheco and that she nearly finished her earlier in the fight as i said it was the third round with the triangle she was pulling the head down she had you know big uh, a big chance of winning the fight there in the fifth round, she was almost got her in a couple of innings as well, and I didn't manage to get her, catch her. But it was the fifth round was a massive Pacheco round. And look, it was a close fight, a back and forth fight. But to me, Pacheco definitely won it, and she did. She ended up winning 48 47. Harrison loses for the first time in her career, and Pacheco takes home the million quid. Now, Overall, I've kind of alluded to it there. I really think the difference in this fight was was size and strength. So Pacheco, I, I kind of alluded to it and talked about it last week on, on all the different podcasts where we were talking about it. The, the one advantage Pacheco has when fighting Harrison over everyone else is the size that she has put on in the last few years. You know, a lot of people have come into that division, have gone up from 135 or 145 to try to fight against Harrison at 155. And so did Pacheco. But the thing about it is Pacheco was the number two in that division for the last three years. So she's had, well, maybe not three years, but maybe two, two and a half years to put on size. She's been in there with Harrison a few times and realized what it takes. And when she put on that size was knew that like Harrison so the last two times Harrison didn't finish her and I think that was a big factor coming in here she knew that she was able to hang in there with her and into windows extra parts of the fight were massive and she did that she did the 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 transit we talked about it last week with the Corey Anderson Nimkov fight the transitions the the fight for a certain position Pacheco won more of them than anyone has any right to win against someone as physically dominant as Akela Harrison. So, so good. Really, really, really good. And it was that size. And the size didn't expose the limitations. First of all, and I suppose most glaringly for anyone who's watched that fifth round, Harrison was tired. Harrison was tired. She when pushed she wasn't able to stand up to the rigors of five rounds of mma she just wasn't in the fifth round and you know, people will talk about and i saw aaron bronsetter talking about it oh spare me this kelly harrison was, was no good monarchy which i agree with for the most part 
But we also have to talk about uh, the limitations that were shown tonight. There definitely were some of them. Forget about the ability that cardio on the fifth round was the most glaring one. And if people don't say that, they're in, in complete and utter denial. Um, other parts of it, and I think like something's there tonight. If let, let's say you're a Manny Nunes and you're watching that. You, and you look at some of those calf kicks that were landed well you know if you're ever fighting Kayla Harrison exactly what to do Pacheco didn't do it half enough Pacheco Pacheco won this fight I think not performing half as well as she could have and when I say half as well I nearly I nearly genuinely mean half as well I, I think if they fought again and Pacheco went back had good coaches looked at it I think she'd win again to be honest the way they fought in that fight Kayla, uh, but uh, if it was the same Kayla Harrison, the same Pacheco, Kayla Harrison needs to make massive, massive improvements in her game. And uh, when I say improvements in her game now, forget forget about actually that sentence, improvements in her game. She needs to make improvements in her mentality. She needs to understand that she can and will in the future be behind in fights, will have to fight through adversity, get through and win in this sort of fight. Now, I'm sure in her life and in her judo career and all, she's had to fight through adversity, but in MMA, never before. And that's something that is very, very, and I tweeted, it's very hard to learn in the fifth round of a title fight when you're extremely tired. It's very, very, very hard to learn it that way. You have to be put through the fire to be able to go through the fire. And Kayla Harrison just never, ever was. And that's, it's almost not her fault. You know, we talk about the limitations in her game. We can do that if you want. There, you know, there, there are some, obviously. But that's the biggest limitation is her lack of quality of opponent. Now, <laughs> some people probably say, Pacheco, she fought Pacheco twice and beat her, but it wasn't the same Pacheco. It wasn't the same Pacheco to put on the size and had the experience of the last two fights. Like, if she had been in there and fought, uh, say, a step up like a Julia Budd and then an Aspen Ladd, and then she had the Pacheco fight where Aspen Ladd maybe won a round off her or Julia Budd, you know, got on top or something like that, then maybe tonight it would have been a little bit different. She would have been a little bit more used to it and she would have been able to push through. But she didn't have that and she wasn't able to do it and Pacheco was value for money and won the fight. An absolutely brilliant win. And absolutely... Do you know, it was a fantastic fight. It was just a very, very, very good fight as well. There's absolutely no denying that. And, um, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant stuff altogether. And uh, congratulations, Larissa Pacheco. Can't wait to see what happens next with, uh, with Kayla Harrison. Will she be back? I'm sure she will. How will she look when she comes back? What will she... You know, what will she do? Will it be with PFL? Will it be elsewhere? I think it'll have to be with PFL, but very, very, very interesting. The other massive one, and Jesus, this one, uh, it was it was hard to be unbiased for this one when Brendan Lachnan won uh, because he's been around. And it, I, I, it's not unbiased, really. I think it's just seeing the story of Brendan Lachnan, seeing what he has gone through, seeing the, the doubt, I suppose, a lot of people had uh, in him. It just made this one so special. How emotionally was afterwards? His mother was there. It was it was beautiful. It was brilliant. And what a performance from Brendan Lachnan! Absolutely brilliant performance. I talk about calf kicks. He absolutely kicked the calf off of Bubba, Bubba Jenkins. There was even one time when Bubba Jenkins got a great check on it, and Lachnan kicked it, and he kept kicking it even after the big check. Um, a lovely, lovely performance. Closed up the eye very early of Jenkins. Jenkins absolutely tough as hell. Look, the first round was very, very close. Um, and the rest wasn't, if we're being honest. Now, Jenkins was always dangerous. He was always landing big shots as well as looking like landing big shots. 
always dangerous. Lugnan showed a chin in this fight as well. Very, very good. Also, on the Kelly Harrison one, she showed a chin in that fight. She showed things that she'd never seen before. And absolutely, definitely to mention that. But Brendan Lugnan, you know, the last two fights, the semi final, the final, the two best. Um, the two best performances of Brendan Lockdown's career. And what a thing to say about someone. You know? What a thing. The two biggest fights of your career are the two best performances of your career. You know? That that's that's high level stuff. That really, really is high level stuff. It's like, you know, go to the Olympics, you know, I always think about it, you know, if you're the hundred the hundred meters, you know, you've nine point eight seconds or whatever it is, or ten seconds or nine point five if you're Usain Bolt to show your greatness and that's all you have. And you know, okay, twenty five minutes is a little bit longer. But it's not that much longer, you know. <laughs> so some I've had I've had fucking a decade to show my greatness as a podcaster, and I'm sure you people at home in, in your jobs you have an extra bit of time to do it as well. It's not 25 minutes, and Brendan Lachnan was able to step up and he was able to do it, and it was it was absolutely brilliant. The switch stances, I said, the calf kicks, the jabs down through the middle. He got a cut in his nose as well. Uh, didn't affect him. He kept going through it. He talked about bringing in an injury to this fight and the last fight. He's been injured all year. Like, he's, there's no doubt about that. Brendan Lachnan has been injured all year and he's still come through and still won. Brilliant performance. Brings home the million. What a week for Man United. You know, Lachnan wins. Ronaldo gone. The club up for sale. Couldn't have been a better week for uh, for the great city of Manchester. And Irish MMA as well. We're definitely claiming. If your name is Brendan Lachnan, we're claiming. And I'm calling him Lachnan as well. It's definitely not Lachnan, you know, so it's grand. But um, yeah, great performance overall. But as I said again, Bobby Jenkins tough as hell. Deserves a lot of credit. And Brendan gave it to him as well. But look, I, I actually didn't want to mention. Do you know what? No, we we won't we won't mention we won't mention the the the, the ball guy over in the other promotion. We leave it, Do you know. We leave that. And we'll just concentrate on Brendan Lachnan and what a great performance um, he put on, and what a, a very very good fighter he is. You know, we talk about English head, head, uh, featherweights, and we look at Arnold Allen. God Almighty, Brendan Lachnan is right up there. Brendan Lachnan's one of the best featherweights in the world. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about it whatsoever. If he was in the UFC, he'd be top, uh, you know, top ten, top five, and or Bellator, wherever he might be, top, top, top fighter, top featherweight, and uh, great to see him finally getting his flowers. Much deserved. Great to see him get that payday as well. Uh, fair play to him. Um, the anti-Deja Matea Sheffa fight, a lot more straightforward, I suppose. Uh, it went the way everyone expected. I, I mean, I, well, maybe not necessarily. I expected, De- uh, I always fuck up, it's Delia. Uh, I, I always call him Deja. Ante Delia. 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 I'm going to, I'd probably just keep calling it the wrong way. Anyway. Uh, it was it was punches. It was a knockout, like the first time as well. I I I always look at Anti, and I think the wrestling is coming for him, and it doesn't always, to be fair. But uh, Sheffield took a few shots more. Uh, look, he took a few shots more than he did the last time. If we want to put it that way, if we want to be kind to him, but not too many. Uh, uh, Deja put him down. Delia put him down, and uh, won the tournament for the first time. I believe after getting to two finals, if I'm not mistaken. So very very uh, happy for him. Very good fighter. I've been watching him. You know, covering these PFL shows for the last couple of years so um very good stuff from him Aspen Laddin in a non-tournament fight got the decision over Julia Budd uh in my opinion not the right decision Saldi Amato was on the wrong side of the split I think he was on the right side of the split very close fight though um Budd won the third Lad won the first and it came down to the close second a lot of like pushing against the cage from Lad but Bud was landing the better shots. She was landing knees. She was landing strikes in the clinch. And in my opinion, she should have won the fight. Um, 
look, I, I look there was a lot of talk after her last fight is she done is she gone I, I thought she looked good Aspenlad not agreeing I, I think she's not the best fighter in the world but it was a it was a it was a close fight I definitely thought both won it but uh, Lad got the win and she, and she goes forward into the tournament next year I'm sure uh, then we Olivier Mercier against uh, Stevie Ray very interesting fight this and I think I'd probably see this fight a lot differently to, to everyone else in that first round a lot of calf kicks tonight you know Olivier Mercier was landing a few calf kicks um, uh, and not much else and I was thinking to myself like Stevie Ray is dangerous he can hit hard Stevie Ray has a takedown in him. He's very, very good submissions. And I'm thinking here to like, like if Auburn Mercy is planning just tip tapping from the outside and win a decision here against Stevie Ray, that's a very dangerous thing to do for five rounds. And that showed, I think, in the second round. Stevie Ray picked him up and slammed him down and almost got a submission. Now he was working with it. Auburn Mercy got back up. And Din, I think, was a very smart adjustment. And now, the difference between maybe Kayla Harrison and Oba Mercier, he's been through it. He's been through tough fights. He's been through losses. He's learned, uh, you know, from, from that sort of thing. And in my opinion, he made a very, very swift adjustment to be more attacking in that second round. He didn't get the short, maybe at the start of the round, but once the fight got back to its feet, he threw a beautiful step-in right hook, if I'm not mistaken, landed flush on Stevie Ray and knocked him out. And it was the exact sort of punch that he needed to throw to be more attacking than rather ju- rather than just fighting off the back foot. And it won him the fight. So a very, very good adjustment, a very good win. And, you know, congratulations to Aubameyang Mercier coming over from the UFC as well. A lot of people wrote him off. And uh, he comes in here and, and he wins that commiserations obviously to Stevie Ray had a great year beating Pettis twice so I'm sure he'll be back I, I would hope he'll be back next year uh, an absolute stinker in the next one Sadie will see against Danilo Taylor not not too much uh, to say about that one he kind of just picked him off from the outside for, for five rounds absolute stinker Rob Wilkinson didn't beat 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 Omari Akhmanov an absolute beating over two rounds I had a 2016 when the fight was stopped by the doctor nasty cut on Omari Akhmanov at the end of the second round before the third round um, good job by the doctor myself and Harry actually did is the podcast out we did a podcast anyway maybe might be coming out um, I think it is out uh, about doctor stoppages but they did exactly the right thing the doctor looked at it he said no that cut is too bad uh, Keith Peterson uh, he said you're stopping the fight and he goes yeah and he goes grand and Keith Peterson immediately stopped the fight great job by the doctor great job by the um uh, by the referee as well so fair play to him and a great job as well by the, by the judges in the main event I must say as well great decision there uh, the battle of the Morris is in Shaman and Marlon um, look Marlon Morris is winning this fight he was looking good same as the fight what, what fight was it the Rob Font fight was it or let me just I'll click on Marlon Morris here over in Shardog and see one second the, uh, the Dash really fight he was doing winning it wasn't the Rob Font fight as well I think but Again, I looked at it, it was plus 1100 for Shaman Morris in live betting and I was like betting that lads because he came out, he landed the big punch. Like once your chin is gone, your chin is gone and uh, Marlon Morris's chin is gone and Shaman Morris just had to hit him once and that was that. Um, unfortunate, very unfortunate. There was wins then for the former champions Nathan Schultz and Magomed Magomed Karimov. Schultz uh, arm triangled Jeremy Stevens after taking him down a couple of times uh, in the mid part of that fight and Mega McCarramov won the decision uh, against uh, Gleason Thibault uh, Dakota Cheva actually haven't seen that fight yet but Dakota Cheva got the knockout and uh, Baggio Ali Walsh who is the grandson I believe of Muhammad Ali um, 
got the win there as well so really good uh, top uh, especially to that card if you haven't seen uh, if you're waking up and you're thinking what fight should I watch uh, I would suggest watching the Rob Wilkinson fight I would suggest watching the OAM and Stevie Ray fight Andy Dej you might as well watch that it was only a couple of minutes and definitely the top two fights as well so all in all a very good card from PFL and uh, we can uh, have a couple of days off now over the weekend uh, without watching too much MMA and uh, you can get this podcast in early and listen to it and all so thanks everyone for listening I appreciate you um, happy Thanksgiving and all of that Black Friday weekend as well so head over to manscaped.com and uh, use the code over there Severe and May I know there's 25% off on the website but maybe you could use our code anyway I don't know Ch- check it out anyway and we'll see whatever is best value for you please do that okay we'll leave it there thanks everyone for listening uh, good luck <laughs>